My name is Isai Maria Barnwell. I was first introduced to the music of Odetta, Nina, and Miriam in the early 60s. I went to a school where there were very few black folk on the campus, and in fact, only seven. <laughs> and what I quickly realized was that listening to Odetta, listening to uh, Nina, made a huge difference in my being able to define who I was on that campus and share that with people. Nina Simone, Miriam Makeba, and Odetta. We knew them as thrilling, inspired singers. But for black people around the world, and particularly young African-American women in the 60s, they stood for a lot more. And I began to realize that I was learning from Odetta a lot about the history of African-American vocal music because I was hearing the work songs, I was hearing the blues, I was hearing her sing just a range of things. And there was a crossing that happened for me. Miriam was singing about Africa, Odetta. I decided I needed to wear my hair like she wore her hair, and so my whole identity kind of changed over the five years that I was in college and was influenced by the music of all of them. In the dark, it's just you and I. Hi, my name is Carol Maillard. I've always known about Odetta, and I remember Pata Pata from when I was a child. When I got into about, I think I must have been in ninth grade, I was about 14, a friend of mine bought me an album called um, Nina Sings Blues. So we started listening to this music and singing this music, and I really became really I think very, it became very personal for me, the music of Nina Simone and her messages, um, how she carried herself, uh, what she talked about, the songs that she, that she sang, how she would take things and use the classical mode and turn music around and take songs that you would think you remember sounding one way and turn it into a totally internal monologue. So her music really had a great influence, I think, on me in terms of messages. And my name is Louise Robinson. I went to school with a young lady named Angela Makiba, which is also known as Bonji Makiba, Miriam's daughter. And Bonji and I and another lady named Monica were best friends. And we used to uh, come to school early, go into the assembly, where everybody would wait for their classes and sing and entertain. Well, that inspiration has led the three women we just heard, and I'd guess many of the 20 others, into the a cappella ensemble Sweet Honey in the Rock, founded in 1973. They're about to enter their fourth decade, carrying the flame of human rights and the milk of human kindness. I'm Steve Rath, and for this Jazz Stories story, I sat down with my old friends from Sweet Honey to talk about their turn at Jazz at Lincoln Center and the inspiration of Miriam McCaba, Nina Simone, and Odetta. How did this music uh, affect Sweet Honey in the Rock? 
Um, I have to say that each woman in the group has their own stories behind each one of these women. So if you're looking at the um, anti-apartheid movement and Sweet Honey's participation in that movement, we, you know, did the rallies, went to the protests, um, did all kinds of things to make our voices heard and to support that movement. When Nelson Mandela was released in, uh, was it 94, 1994, we sang at three of the major rallies to welcome him uh, back into the, I guess you would say, free world. We were part of the, all of those celebrations. So the music, I think, it affects your consciousness. It, it changes your DNA, I think, in some way. If you really, really let it settle into your soul, Odetta's voice, Miriam's energy and a culture, Nina Simone's uh, uh, integrity and her straightforwardness and her messages. I think it's, it's I, this, Louise. I think it's um, really reaffirming especially for people coming behind you, younger people, that your music does not have to be separate from your life. It does not have to be separate from what you believe. It does not have to be separate from what's passionate to you and what you care about. And it can really line up with, you know, how you feel about God, how you feel about family, how you feel about politics, how you feel about friendship, how you feel about community. That, you know, it could all just be one conversation. They don't have to be separate. You know, and that, I think that's one of the things that was so inspiring for me. And just that's what I learned from those women. That's what I got from those women. I think uh, the word courage comes to mind for me, that each one of them had the courage to really step out and take a stand. I mean, some of the things that they sang about were just really radical mm. for the time. They showed up at rallies. They showed up when they were called. And... There is a historical document. If we go through their songs, we see what happened in Alabama. We see what happened in Mississippi. We see what happened in South Africa. It's a, it's a musical document of much of our history. We were listening, Carol and I, the other day, we found an interview of Nina Simone, and, and she said something to the fact that I put it out there because I have to put it out there. They may take it many ways. Some people cry, some people get angry, some people, but as long as something happens, I've, I've done what I come to do. As long as something is generated, a thought, a feeling, you know, a consciousness. Did you ever get to work with them or sing with them, any of them on stage? Oh, did we? We did. Oh, Sweet we honey, did. Sang. Oh, that's did. right. Sure. Mm -hmm. We went in Chicago, was it? We, this is a long, long time ago. Oh, it was, was after the concert, we the Chicago that right. you had something to do with. <laughs> and then we went to her set. We and went it to was, the club. I remember and she it was, was performing. snowing. It was cold. Yes. It was snowing, and we got on the L in Chicago and went out to that club. To and, and I remember we sang stage. "Amazing Grace" with Odetta there. But we had stage, and we just all crowded on that stage and sang. We and we've had other occasions to sing with Odetta. Am I right, Isai? Odetta came to our the the celebration that we had of our twenty years. Um, almost 20 years ago, years ago. <laughs> and, um, and sang for us and with us, and I feel really blessed to have, uh, to count her as a friend, actually. So the concert for Miriam, Nina, and Odetta was a natural, sort of. How did this event come about at Jazz at Lincoln Center? Well, you know, I've already said these three women saved my life, and I mean that in a very literal sense. And um, in 90, I think it was, 
they did a tour together, which I had talked to Odetta about possibly trying to do here in the United States, except I didn't know a thing about production on that level, couldn't figure out who would funded, et cetera. Um, and so that was always kind of a disappointment, but I always was looking for occasions to bring the three of them together in some way that really made sense. And um, when Odetta died mm -hmm. and the opportunity to come to Jazz at Lincoln Center came up, it sort of came out and we sort of said, yeah, that's really a good Great idea. idea. <laughs> <laughs> because I think we're, hmm, hmm. that'd be interesting. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> we set to working on it. Yeah. So what what did that working involve? <laughs> a lot of hair loss. <laughs> Nerves. Uh, but actually, um, once we, we started working on this about not quite a year ago, maybe about eight or nine months ago, during the summer, 2010, we started talking about the music. We started listing all of the different songs that meant something to us, what was important. So it was important for us, I think, really to get a song list that we had some kind of emotional, like, you know, really strong connection to, either from the form, the message, just that we love the song or that it meant something to us personally. You know, that they had actually shared some repertoire, different styles, mm -hmm. you know. And we were trying to look at what they shared in terms of their philosophy mm -hmm. and, and, and who they were. And we had, to, we had to talk it over, talk it through. How are we going to do this? And, and we, should, we should explain that for yes. people who are just oh, coming yes. on to this, right? That, Something about Sweet Honey in the Rock. Sweet Honey in the Rock is primarily an a cappella group. Five voices, and we do have a sign language interpreter for our deaf and hard of hearing audiences. So we were trying to figure out what would we do would make it special. Do we want a band? Do we want a band for the whole thing just a little bit? And we decided, let's go for it. So we have a trio piano, bass, and drums, and the drummer is also a percussionist, and we are doing most of the songs in the set with our trio. Has it been very different than working with the five voices? Yes. I think so. Who is this nodding? Okay. Yeah. No, it, it, you know, it, it's like cooking. Cooking, I don't know, you're cooking fried chicken and you're cooking baked chicken, and if you know how to cook, they're both going to be delicious. <laughs> they're just mm -hmm. different. You know, I feel like when I'm on the stage with Sweet Honey and something is cooking, it, it, you know, it's there. I feel like when I'm with that band and something is cooking, it's there. It's just different. That, that's the best I could say. Because, you know, you get heat. You get heat and coolness with Sweet Honey and you get heat and coolness with them. But I'm loving it. The more you work with other people, other musicians, other genres, and you have uh, lots and lots of opportunities. I, I feel personally that's how you grow as an artist. We do wonderful work together. We're pretty familiar with how we all work. But every time we have to step out our, um, I guess you would say, comfort zone, and we've had to step out quite a bit the last few years, we've had a lot of interesting projects that have really challenged us to work in a different way. I think that's the way you grow as an artist. If you don't have those opportunities, what do you learn? What are you offering? How are you growing? No matter how old you are, you have to keep learning, taking your classes, working with other people, listening to all kinds of music. And that's about where we are now. We're ready to just really explode onto the scene. We're going, what's and, next? You know, what's, what's next? next? What's next for Sweet Honey in the Rock? After 39 years and 23 members, some of them more than once, in summer 2012, they'll premiere their new work with Washington's National Symphony Orchestra. 
Esai, Maria Barnwell, Carolyn Maylard, and Louise Robinson, three of the six women of Sweet Honey in the Rock, talking with me and Alexa Lim. I'm Steve Rath. You can hear their concert for Nina Simone, Marion McCaba, and Odetta on Jazz at Lincoln Center Radio and on JALC.org. And get these Jazz Stories podcasts automatically when you sign up on iTunes. Jazz Stories is produced by Alexa Lim, David Gorin, and me at Murray Street. Our production funds come from Jazz at Lincoln Center to keep the stories of jazz alive. Come hear the music and visit the Erdogan Jazz Hall of Fame at the House of Swing on Columbus Circle in New York City. <laughs>